0: You know, I love New Year. I love New Year's for a lot of reasons, but as we begin a new year, there's greater expectation. You know, people begin to pick words, as you saw in the video, and I love that because it means people's lives are going to continue to be transformed. Not just somebody got saved at some time in the past, but there's going to be a continual transformation. People are working on personal growth plans and getting things ready. Hey, it's not too late. It's not too late we're walking through the month of january the new rivers and new roads our theme for the year but if you haven't picked one of these up grab them and just hey pick it up tomorrow start on the 22nd work through and then february start back on day one there's a bible reading plan in the back where we're all reading the same passage every day we're walking together and so we invite you into this journey with us it's an exciting journey in fact on a challenge i've seen some of the coolest posts on instagram and Facebook, use your Bible and the New Rivers, New Roads and let people know there's enough junk posted on social media, let's let the world know that we believe 2018 is gonna be the greatest year that we have ever experienced. Anybody agree with that? It's gonna be incredible. New rivers of provision and new roads of vision. And, And if we do that, we believe that you will find grace and greater purpose for your life through God's new rivers of provision Rivers tr- follow, they go down, follow gravity, bringing provision, and the new roads are going to go up, following the vision that God has given us. Well, this weekend, I get to say something for the very first time. Are you ready? If you're ready, say, I'm ready. This weekend, I want to welcome all 10 Faith Promise campuses. That's right, 10. <clears throat> I said last weekend that we would start another campus completely, absolutely don't know where my brain was, knowing this weekend we're going to launch what what is called a microsite. Bree Blevins, who's a promiser that goes to LMU, just in Harrogate, just on the side of the Kentucky line, call and say, we got 50 young adults in a Bible study. We want to be a Faith Promise Church. So, man, we got it all set up, Pastor Brandon at Campbell County, and they launched this weekend. So, Bree, you guys at LMU, man, you guys rock it tonight. Great to see you. Great. And just by way of reminder, next weekend... All of our core, only the core get to vote, but we will vote to exercise our option when we move North Knoxville from the Expo Center into what used to be the, uh, the uh, it was a church over there, just lost it, but it's right by Sturge Elementary, and we, we moved in with a two-year lease and an option to buy. We've got to vote as a congregation to exercise our option, and so we'll do that, but only the core Votes count. You say, Am I in the core? Well, if you ask, you're not. You're just not. Well, I'm sort of in the core. That's like a woman saying, I'm sort of pregnant. No, you either are or you're not. Well, how do I get in? Well, you go to our next steps experience. Sign up for it on the communication card. It happens the second weekend at every campus. And there are five things that we believe they're the absolute core for every believer. Number one, that you're saved. Number two, you're baptized. Number three, you're involved in ministry somewhere at Faith Promise. Number four, you're involved in a small group for growth. And number five, you're on the generosity journey with us at a core level. Do that. You get your coin and you're in, says core. And uh, we love to have you because the core, are man, they're the people that we just have to every week count on. Because, well, thousands of people every weekend, they're not serving or not participating, you know, are just sort of they've got their feet in the water. But, hey, why don't you go ahead and dive in the deep end of the pool? Amen. 2018, a great year. All right, I want to take us on a journey. Can y'all think with me this weekend? If you can do it, say, I can do it. All right, now follow because we're going somewhere and it's going to transform your life. Here's what what I believe. Life is key moments, supernatural moments, incredible moments that God gives you that flow into our day-to-day life. 2,500 years ago, the prophet Haggai, and actually God gave me this message in December, when I was on our Bible reading plan and I got to the prophet Haggai, God just stopped me and just began to open up the Scripture. It was just incredible. So 2,500 years ago, a newly released Israelites, the people that had just left Babylonian captivity, Jeremiah said, Nebuchadnezzar is going to defeat Israel. He's going to take Israel captive into Babylon. And for 70 years, Israel will lie desolate. And then, it, and then God said, I'm going to sin and I'm going to bring you back. Those people have just now returned, and Haggai is preaching to those people. And and what Haggai says that arrested my attention was, consider your ways. And it's going to be my challenge in the name of Jesus to every promiser, even if you're not a believer yet. Every single person at all 10 campuses this weekend is that you will consider your ways. Because like them 2,500 years ago, we end up without even realizing it, just going with the flow, going through the motions. Get up, rush, hurry, get the kids ready, get kid, go to work, work all day, come home, gotta gotta go to the ball game, gotta get kids ready, gotta do homework, gotta do this. I got work, I got reports, I got I got I got, I got all these issues. I got and before you know it, man, we're just going through the motions. And so our theme verse for this year is Isaiah 43 again. When Isaiah was given this by God, they're still in Babylon, they're still in captivity. Do not call to mind the former things or ponder the things of the past. Behold, I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I'm going to make these roads in the, des- in the wilderness and these rivers in the desert. I'm going to make a way out of captivity. You don't see any hope, but I'm going to set you free. I'm going to bring you back. And so like Isaiah said to the people of God, I just continue to bring us back to that Will you be aware of what God is doing? Because God is doing stuff all around us, right? But we are distracted. So my question to you this weekend is this. Are you missing the key moments in your life and the life of faith promise just by going with the flow or going through the emotions? Because this world is set up to distract us from God. Do you all agree with that? Distract us. How many have been driving doing this? Driving and you're talking on the phone? Now, obviously Bluetooth, because I think this is illegal now, but Bluetooth, because you're law-abiding citizens, and all of a sudden you say, Oh man, I'm sorry, I missed my turn. Why did you miss your turn? Because you're talking on the telephone when you're supposed to be what? Driving. I'll be talking to Michelle Chill. Oh, I'll say you missed your turn. Yep. Okay, I'll talk to you later. You're distracted. And and we get off the phone. See, God is opening up these new rivers. I mean, these new roads. Hey, I got a new road walk, but we're so distracted by the world. We got it going on, man. I got to mow the yard. Got to do this. Got to do that. I got to, got to, got it man. We're, I got a million things. My calendar's full because, see, we want to be busy because busy means we're important. So we fill our calendar if I were to come and sit down with you and say, okay, quit doing half the stuff you're doing, you were to say, thank God, I'm so overworked. Thank you, pastor. This is incredible. Six months, you would feel every single moment you just got. You say, no, I wouldn't. It's full now. See, what the world is set up to distract us. And so Haggai, the book Haggai, is two chapters long, five times in two chapters, Haggai says, Consider your ways. Consider your ways. The Hebrew word consider means to set your heart on something. So, Haggai's saying, hey, you need to check what your heart is set on. Have you ever set your heart on something? See, you set your heart on something, you get ready for it. Because what we do in life is we make space for everything that matters. I'm going to get a new car. I've got to clean the garage out. I'm going to get married. I'm going to change my address, change my name. I'm going to start a new ministry. I'm going to start a small group of my house. I've got to clean the living room and the bathroom. Leave the kitchen nasty. Two, don't let them in the kitchen. Two rooms That's all you've got to do. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start a new business. I've got to make room. I'm going to start spending time with God. I've got to make space. We have to make space for everything that matters. Would you agree with that? So let me tell you sort of how this worked out. Several years ago, I was visiting our Blount County campus. It was somewhere between 12 and 18 months old. It was skyrocketing. It had blown past anything anybody believed that would happen at that campus. And people are being saved. It's incredible. So I, I do Saturday night, which I do sometimes, and then the, the, record, the recording plays on Sunday morning, and I'm out at another campus. And so I'm there. Across the room, I see this very, very old, older Mature saint. She's on a walker and she's got locked eyes with me. Here she comes, baby. Here she comes. She starts moving my way. And I think to myself, she's mad. Because she's got it, she's put a beat on me. I think she's mad because it's a spiritual gift of mine to make people mad. So I'm sure that she's mad and she's gonna tell me the music's too loud, she wants more hymns, whatever the case. So I start making my way, we're walking together. And as she gets about halfway, she starts crying. Again, another spiritual gift. I have that effect. People cry. And so she gets to me, and literally she falls in my chest. And she's a little older, short. So I'm right here patting her head. It's going to be okay. It's all right, ma'am. So love you so much. And she finally pulls together. I said, Tell me what's going on in your life. Tell me what's happening. She said, Pastor, it's incredible. You kept, I have five generations of my family here this weekend. She said, My great either my great or my great-great-grandson has given his heart to Jesus and he's being baptized this weekend. She said, you have no idea the impact and how many of my family members have been saved this last year at the Block County campus. She said, it's incredible. She said, we love you so much. And then she said these words that shook me to the core of who I was. She said, and it's good to get to meet you. It sent me reeling literally reeling backwards, not literally with her there. For three months, I wrestled every day with that, every day. You say, why did that bother you? Well, because of all of my education and all of my experience in ministry, the pastor is supposed to know everybody. I'm supposed to know you, your spouse, your kids, your dogs. You don't have to know cats because they're not going to heaven. But you got to know, you got to know everybody. Are you with me? You got, And I meet people now literally all over the world. People stop me in Africa. People stop me in India. They stop me in Central America. Hey, Pastor, great to see you. Please don't say, do you know my name? Because there's about 40,000 people that call Faith Promise their home church. Man, I'm just, and so I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I didn't know this woman. Her family got, so I'm supposed to know. So I finally, after three months of wrestling with God about what to do, do we get rid of Blunt? blood? What do we do, God? I'm, I'm serious. Because I'm not going to know people that go to Blount County or go to the Farragut Campus or go to the Anderson Campus or the Campbell County or the North Knoxville or LMU or both of our God Behind Bars or people that are online with us this weekend. Thousands upon thousands of people, I'm not going to know them. So I came to the conclusion that God wanted me to make more space for more people to be saved. Would you all agree with that? And that I I just wasn't going to know everybody. So I had to make space for new thinking in my head. I didn't have to have a new paradigm. See, the pastor is the shepherd, and his job to take care of the sheep. And I said, I'm not a shepherd, I'm a rancher. Because, see, we've got 10 flocks of sheep at Faith Promise right now, and it's going to be 20 before long. We've we got 10 flocks of sheep, and it's my job to make sure every sheep is taken care of, but I will not personally shepherd every sheep. Does that make sense? And so what happened? We added another campus and another campus and another campus. We baptized 700 people last year that gave their heart to Jesus. So, man, it's but I had to make room. So what you're going to have to do is as God opens up new roads for you, you're going to have to make room. You're going to have to be aware of it or you're going to be so distracted you're going to miss the new roads. Now, we all could use a little more space in our life, couldn't we? How about your closet, men? Because does your wife have 80%? Come on, be real. Don't say it yet, just be real quiet just so she doesn't elbow you. See, we all could You. how about a little more space between your bank account and your budget? How about a little more space between your career and your family? How about a little more space between rushing around and your need to relax? See, we all need more space. Have you ever come back from vacation tired? You're supposed to come back filled up, fired up, and you come back and you're irritable and angry. Because you didn't get enough vacation, now you got to go back to work. We landed a couple Sundays ago. Michelle did it, McGee Tyson from our cruise. Did nothing but eat and read for seven days. I'm supposed to come back rested and fired up. So Zach, our son, leaves my truck at the airport that day. So we get the truck, we go back to Pellissippi campus, get Zach Micah's truck because he's coming in a later flight. We dropped the truck off, but if you've ever gone to McGee-Tyson, when you pull in, you push the button, you get a little card, right, for when you got in. Well, I was only in there 45 seconds because I was following Michelle. So I get the card, I go straight through, and I go out to the toll booth. Somewhere between in those 45 seconds, I lost the ticket. (laughs) Because it's a spiritual gift of mine to lose stuff. I tell Michelle we're going somewhere. I will remember who we are. You remember where we're going? Cause man, I'm just Magoo, Magoo, just so. And I, so I get to the thing and I'm, I'm feeling for it all over the truck. So I pull up. I said, "Ma'am, do you remember me 30 minutes while I was here? Sure do. Oh, I'm so glad. Cause listen, I just got back and I lost the ticket. She said, "Well, I've, if I was you, I'd find it." <laughs> and I said, "Ma'am." If I could find it, it wouldn't be lost. At this point, I was no longer saved. The Spirit (laughs) of God rolled right out the window. Right out the window. And so I'm seething. I just paid 18 bucks. I got to pay 18 more bucks. Ma'am, do you remember me? I sure do. Ma'am, did you see my wife? She was in that red. Yes, sir, I sure did. I said, ma'am, I just, she said, sir, you're not, that arm is not opening up without your ticket. So I, pulled my bill out. Man, I mean, boy, bless God. I, I handed her that thing as ugly as I could hand it to her. And she said, thank you very much. I said, yes, ma'am, for nothing and got my thing back. <laughs> I just got on vacation. As I drove off, the thought hit me, dear God, don't let her go to the Blount County campus. <laughs> See, if you need a church with a perfect pastor, I can give you some. This ain't one of them. (laughs) So we all could use a little more room, a little more safety, a little more comfort, a little more satisfaction, a little more money, a little more rest. So so we've all set our hearts on things that haven't actually come true, haven't we? So I want to ask you again to reconsider your ways. What is your heart set upon? So the year is 520. Cyrus, the king of Persia, has taken over Babylon and has sent all the Israelites back home to rebuild Jerusalem and rebuild the temple. It is a great freedom. The problem is only a remnant go. Only a remnant leave. A remnant is a chosen and a choice people that God has selected to do something for him. I believe faith promise is a remnant. It's a remnant, a choice and chosen people. Perfect? Not hardly. Not me, not any of us. And so, but we're forgiven and we love God and we've been set apart for this great purpose. So we've tried to get the right people in the right positions and the right campuses and all that. So the remnant leaves the comfort. Now they've been 70 years in Babylon and they go back to Israel to rebuild the temple, to rebuild the, the space for God's glory to fall. Now, the problem is why in the world would some Israelis stay in Babylon and not go back to Israel? Because they've grown comfort, they've grown comfortable in the world. And I would say that some of us this weekend are so blessed, we've got so much, we've been so blessed by God that we've fallen in love with this world. Is anybody out there? Come on, Spirit of God speaking right now. You've fallen so in love with the world that you're so distracted that you're missing many of the things that God desires to do in your life. Now there's a remnant of us, man. We've left the comforts behind. God has blessed us, but we said, you know what? We would rather move God's agenda than our own agenda. We'd rather create a space for the glory of God to fall. So are you making space in your life, in your calendar? Are you making space in your budget to be a a giver? Are you making space? We asked Mary in high school, she's a founder here week one. Her and Jim, he's uh, our chairman of elders have been with us, but they've been since day one. We asked Marianne, why do you think Faith Promise is still growing 23 years later? And this is what she said. She said, because people see a movement of God through a willing people. And I would say people see a movement of God through a remnant who have said, we're going to move God's agenda forward. We're the remnant in Knoxville, Blunt, Anderson, Campbell. We're the remnant in North Knoxville, in Farragut and in Harrogate, in Morgan and in Bledsoe, both of those institutions, in, in India, in Costa Rica and Promesa de Fe and other places on the internet at Pelsipe, we're, we're the remnant of God that want to see the glory of God. So 2018, we're gonna make some space for God. Are y'all in for that? Somebody in for that? His new rivers, his new roads, provision and vision, so that we can help real people with real problems find the real love of God. That's what we do. But let's be real again. So the Israelites leave 520 BC. They get back to Jerusalem. The wall's torn down. The temple is torn down. They find wreckage, rubble, death, destruction, disarray. The temple, this glorious, manif- this, this glorious building that was one of the seven wonders of the world, <coughs> excuse me, is now a pile of rocks. So what do the people do? They rebuild the altar so they can bring their sacrifices, and the priests can offer the sacrifices. They can bring their offerings to God, and that's what they did. They got so busy they never finished it. They never started the building project. They, got the, they did what would be the minimum. They set the altar back up, and they got used to worshiping in ruins. And some of us are used to worshiping in ruins because God has given you a vision for your life, for your walk with him, for your ministry, for your business, for your family, and you're not there because you're distracted. And we're so focused on the world that we miss what God wants to do, and we've gotten used to worshiping in ruins. Does that make sense? We want to, We said, "Hey, I'm going to have a quiet time every day. I'm going to do my. I'm going to do the devotion every day. I'm excited." Then Monday happens. A kid's sick. Boom, chica, boom, chica, boom. Phone calls. Well, I got to work overtime. You got to pick out. Boom, 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 boom. And boom, it's Sunday, and we didn't have any time with God. Where in the world did it go? The world sucked it all out because it's set up. For seventy years, Israelis had dreamed of setting, of of leaving Babylon and coming back and rebuilding the temple. What dreams has God given you? What dreams of building, of creating, of ministry, of sharing of other people? What This past Monday, we celebrated Martin Luther King Day, a man who had a dream. And I love that when he gave that speech at the monument in Washington, he had a speech prepared, and a buddy of his behind said, Martin, give him your heart, and he folded his speech up. And gave one of the most known speeches in the history of America. It was, I have a dream. Off the cuff, I have a dream. And my dream is to see an America where people are not judged by the color of their skin, but the content of their character. And I praise God a busy Monday morning did not stop Martin Luther from trying to root out racism, that the chance of the racist did not, did, not, did not destroy his dream. Even the bullet that took his life did not end his legacy of creating a different kind of America where racism is not at the forefront. Now listen, the dream has not come fully alive yet. If you think there's no racism in America, you live in a cave. It's, but hey, we've come a long way since the 50s and 60s. We still got a way to go. But there's no room for racism in the heart of a God follower, is there? There's just no room. So God's given us all dreams, roads and visions, things he wants us to do. My question for you is this. When life happens to you, will you make space or will you make excuses? In 36 years of ministry, I've seen way more excuses than I've seen space. Would you all agree with that? Come on, somebody. Well, come on, a lot more space. So let's go to Haggai and see what Haggai says about it. Haggai chapter one, then the word of the Lord came to Haggai, the prophet saying, is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses? Great, this is the question that started slowing me down in my quiet time. Paneled houses in the Hebrew means big, nice house. Big, nice house. God said, is it time for you to live in your big, nice houses while this house lies desolate? What house was God talking about? The house of God, the temple. You guys are worshiping in ruins, and you built your houses. Thus says, now therefore, says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You've sown a lot, but this is what happens when you put your agenda above God's agenda. When you get your your priorities out of order, it said you've sown a lot, but you harvest a little. You eat, but there's not enough to be satisfied. You drink, not enough to become drunk. You put on clothes, but no one is warm enough. You, make, you earn wages, but you put wages into a purse that withholds. Therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Come on, America, it's never enough, is it? Never enough money, and the house is never big enough, car's not fast enough, the clothes are not nice enough, there's just not enough in our 401k and our 403b, there's just not enough, not enough, not enough. What he is saying to the Israelites is, hey guys, you got enough to build your big, nice houses, and now you got farms and you got herds, and you come back to Israel and, and you're blessed, but you've forgotten my house. Can we get so busy, church, that we forget the kingdom of God? So uh, realize that, that what this ruined temple meant. See, a ruined temple reflects poorly on God. And when your life, which is today the temple of God, is in the chair you're sitting in, we are a temple of God, temple of the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, and when your life is in disarray or ruins, it reflects poorly on the God who's in you. Are you okay? Are we all right? There's a hush falling over us. Here we are, Americans, we got so much and we're never satisfied. Not happy, not enough money, not enough clothes. And this is the deal. Never enough without God becomes more than enough with God. Because we have a hole in our heart and a hunger for things. And if we, have, if we're, if we don't have God inside that hole, no matter what else we get, it's not going to be enough. I love that great theological story, Alice in Wonderland. The rabbit. Remember what the rabbit said? The hurrier I go, the behinder I get. And that's the way of the world. And so Jesus warns us in Matthew 6.33, but seek ye first your own agenda. Seek ye first your big house. Seek ye first your 401k. Seek ye first what? And his what? And all these other things, houses and farms and lands and money and clothes and food and everything you need will be added unto you. See, we've got, we, we are kingdom builders. We focus on God's agenda first. But that's why, because so many people are building their own empire, not the kingdom of God, that it's never enough. And God said, I'm going to do something new. It's going to spring forth. Will you be aware of it? Let's make space and let God's glory fill it. Haggai goes on in chapter 2. As for the promise which I made when you came out of Egypt, my spirit is abiding in your midst. Do not fear, for thus said the Lord of hosts, once more in a little while I am going to shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I'll shake the nations and they will come with the wealth of the nations and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. You don't think you have enough? God said, build it. I'm going to bring all the nations back to Jerusalem and they are going to bring the wealth of the world. It's going to come here. See, God said, When you make a space, I'm going to fill it with my glory. I'm going to bring new rivers of provision into your life, new roads of vision into your life. The question God says, Will you be aware of it? Will you make space for it? He goes on and back to chapter one. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Zeltiai, and Joshua the son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, with all the remnant, there they are, the people that left Babylon, of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the words of Haggai the prophet, as the Lord their God had sent him, and the people showed reverence for the Lord. Then Haggai, the messenger of the Lord, spoke by the commission of the Lord, and to the people, saying, I am with you, declares the Lord. Get busy, I'm there, I've called you, get to build a space and I'm going to fill it. You can't do it by your own power and by your own might. You do it by my spirit, thus saith the Lord of hosts. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, Finally, brethren, be strong in the what? That's why you got to have a quiet time. That's why you need a plan. Be strong in the Lord and the strength of whose might? Of God's might. When you're strong with him, you're going to overcome the world. You are an overcomer. You're a victor. But if you're distracted and you're detoured from God's power and God's agenda and God's kingdom, you will miss what God wants to pour out and into you. Does this make any sense to anybody? Come on, somebody talk to me. You may not realize this, but this is good preaching. Come on. So, <laughs> I don't, you don't say it, I'll say it. <laughs> no problem for me, Leo. So let's go back to Zerubbabel. So the, so the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the Shelti, and the governor of Judah, the spirit of Joshua, the son of Trodek, and the high, priest, the high priest and the spirit of the remnant of the people. I began praying in December, oh God, would you stir up the remnant of every promiser in their quiet time, in this 21 day fast, in the word of God, in our small groups, in our large groups, at God behind bars, at Farragut, at every campus, would you stir us up once again, God, with your power and your might, would you arrest our thinking to get us not distracted but get us focused worshiping in love with this God who has given us everything oh God would you stir us up come on somebody and man they began rebuilding the temple of God and here we are new rivers and new roads man it's time to get in and get on with all that God is doing Haggai chapter 2, let me wrap this up, I'm way behind. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, once more in a little while I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. The latter glory of this house will be greater than the former. See, they said it, the good old days are gone. The older people who had remembered the temple that Solomon Bill said, Hey, listen, it'll never be like it used to be. You ever heard senior adults say that? Well, the good old days are gone. It'll never be good like it used to be. Can I tell you? Man, the glory fell 23 years ago in Oak Ridge when we started that campus at Garden Plaza. And we began to move and move to three. But can I tell you, the glory that God is going to bring in 2018 will be so much more than the glory of 1995. What God is going to do in this house, in your family, in your life, what God is stirring, what God is breathing on us, the glory that is coming will be far greater than the glory in the past. The best days are yet to come. So the question is, are you going to make room, personally and publicly, for God to make us to make a space and for God to fill it? Now listen, if you don't have a relationship with God, then you don't get new rivers and new roads. You don't get get God speaking to your heart. So if you're ready to walk away from your old life, if you're ready, consider your ways to say, you know what, I'm tired of a dead-end street. I'm ready to follow after God. I'm ready to turn my back on my sin, and I'm ready to follow after God. If you're ready, God's ready. Anybody believe that in the house? I don't know about you, but I'm a satisfied customer. So if you're ready to all of our campuses with every head bowed and every eye closed, we're going to pray this prayer out loud with you if you're ready to be born again. Say, dear Jesus, I know that I've sinned and I am so sorry. Forgive me. Come into my heart. Make me brand new. You died for me. You rose from the grave. I've considered my ways and I choose you your ways, your kingdom. Give me the strength every day. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, come on, somebody give God some praise in the house. Woo, thank you, Lord. Now, if you just gave your heart to Jesus, do me a favor, take the card that's in front of you. Online, you can click right there, go to the chat room, somebody's waiting for you. And uh, if you just fill it out, say name, uh, email, cell number, I pray with the pastor. We'll, we'll get in contact. Or maybe you need to go to Next Steps in a couple weeks. Just go ahead and, and fill I'm going to come to Next Steps. Whatever you need, put it down. Guess if you'll put the cards in. We're not going to chase you down. Man, we're, we're, we're not going to berate you or browbeat you. We're just, we're just believing God's drawing you to the house. And God wants to do a great work. Amen? Y'all believe that? So now as we get ready to... To move into our time of generosity, campus pastors, you guys can take it. We love you guys. Next week we finish. But can I ask you a question? In in twenty eighteen, when when people have said we hate the church, kid, listen, ten o'clock. Can we fill that those back? If you'll turn around, those grands. There's almost three hundred fifty seats back there. Can we fill those? All right, that's eight of us. Can we fill those seats? <clears throat> It means you're going to bring somebody next week that you love and care about, that you want them to walk on this journey with you. So, man, it's going to be incredible. Then we move into the, into, into the preach-off. Come on, Super Bowl of preaching. Come on, it will be the senior saints that will be winning that day. And so I'm not going to mention anything, but there'll be a, there's going to be a country whooping on that day. So, but as we get ready to give, you'll fill out the cards and drop them in the offering boxes, the buckets as they come. But can I can tell you, we're a part of what's called the Ark, the Association of Related Churches, uh, and because of that, today, today we've launched 15 brand new churches in America. Amen. Come on, one of them in Knoxville, Hope Unlimited Church, because America needs life-giving churches, and so that, by the way, when... when When Bree called and said, can we do a campus? We didn't have to take up a special offering. We didn't have to go to people, ask for money because you are generous every week. We were able to buy all the equipment to set up so that LMU tonight can launch that campus. Pray for Bree, pray for those folks as they launch out tonight. But your generosity, whether you realize it or not, changing the kingdom. So as you read your Bible and say, hey, what are we doing for the poor? We're giving hundreds of thousands of dollars away. What are we doing for missions? we'll give over half a million dollars away. What are we doing? And when you give, we corporately collect that, and it works to the greater good of God. Amen? So when you bring your offering, you don't bring it to Faith Promise, you don't bring it to Chris, you bring it to that sacrificial altar, and you just give it to God through his church. So Father, would you take right now in this holy moment, as people all week have given online, Michelle and I did, as people give for the first time, God, would you take in, and would you open the windows of, of heaven and bless every giver? God, would you move in such a way that we see your hand, your river of provision? Right now, we worship you through the river of provision that you've already given us, and we believe you'll open more. God, flood the house as we worship in giving. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Come on, somebody give God a shout as we get ready to give.